Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester and welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Now, those of you listeners who have listened to the show for quite a while realise that when it's just me, hey, it's probably a little different pace of show. That's right, this week we're bringing you another Campaign Chronicles. In our last Campaign Chronicle, our intrepid adventurers were captured by a tribe of kobolds deep below the Earth's surface. Their queen, Iskra, had ordered them to travel with the kobold guide Yanir and kill a druid practising dark magics. The druid, Iskra said, was the reason that her people were trapped living underground and drew his power from the Gathias tree. To ensure the party's loyalty, Iskra took the Firbolg Wendy as prisoner. Let's join the party and find out what happens. The tunnel was finally quiet, but the party did not share its tranquil air. After leaving Wendy behind, the party had fallen into contemplation. Silent, thanks to their new companion, Yanir. The kobold had barely spoken since they'd left the throne room, but her eyes, darting about, gave all whom she stared at the heebie-jeebies. Twice Bryn had tried to fall into step beside Lagatha for a quiet moment, but was immediately disturbed by a quiet yip-yip from Yanir, who had slinked up behind them and noticed. On the third attempt at conversation, Bryn paused under the pretense of adjusting his armour, bending down and catching Lagatha, who stopped behind him as Yanir passed by, her beady eyes still tracing Kilvir and Maelstrom. What's the play? Lagatha grunted down to Bryn, fumbling in one pouch as a cover. Do we drop our new friend and head back? Bryn sighed, toying with a bootstrap. I am tempted, believe me, but in that throne room, there were many guards and many more civilians outside. He sighed again. I do not know if we honestly would walk out alive. But if Wendy, Lagatha started, but Bryn cut across her. If these people are in need of our services, Wendy will be safe as she can be. At least for the next two days. Besides, I... A bark, urgent and sharp, suddenly echoed around the chamber, causing them to both start and look over to the rest of the party. Jogging to catch up with the rest, Bryn looked from Kilvir to Yanir, who had suddenly grabbed the back of Maelstrom's armour, snarling as she did. Maelstrom turned on one spot, breaking the kobold's grip, pushing her back with a snarl of his own. Get your goddamn hands off me, you dirty dog, he shouted, going for his blade. Kilvir reached out, placing his hand on Maelstrom's with a knowing look. Yanir, what is the meaning of this? Kilvir questioned, his pitch-black eyes growing wide. But the kobold merely shook her head, stooped down to a clump of brown reeds sprouting from the path near Maelstrom's foot. She reached into the clump, gingerly, and then pulled a stake that had been hidden beneath it. The stake was connected to a taut piece of wire, invisible unless you were looking for it, which slackened as she tossed the stake to the side of the path. Tripwire connected to that, she intoned, flicking her snout skyward to where, even in the dim light, the party could make out a crude wooden mace affixed with sharp bamboo stakes, each one about a foot long and razor sharp. It was connected to a wire that looped round a protruding root before connecting to that trip wire. I believe you owe me. It would have been bad for anyone on the wrong end of that, Yanir continued, ushering the party past the trap and refixing it into the ground. 
It would be easier to spot traps if I lead from here on, without worrying if any of you... Her eyes lingered on Bryn and Lagatha for a moment. We're thinking about stabbing me in the back. The party exchanged uneasy looks. Lagatha opened her mouth to speak, but Kilvir once again cut across her. We mean you no harm. None of us do. We are just concerned about our friend. But as your queen said, looking towards Lagatha, my enemy's enemy is my friend. For now, at least. There was a moment of silence before the kobold walked past them, taking the lead. They trooped on in the gloom, Yanir pausing every so often to unhook a trip wire or guide the heroes past a false floor, below which was a spike-filled trap. As the light grew even harder to find, Bryn looked up and scratched his chin. The gloom had seemed even more imposing without the comfort of Wendy's long shadow and the constant commentary. Tunnels turned into cavern trails before shifting back into smaller, darker tunnels with gritted floors that crunched underfoot. I'd say we've been travelling for a good few hours now, Yanir. Are we close? He asked, noting how cold the air was turning around them. The kobold nodded and then yipped through the half-light. Not long, not long. In fact, the tunnel suddenly widened out, revealing a large pit lined with thick, white vines that disappeared into the gloom below. The chamber itself was lit with an eerie blue glow that seemed to emanate from the mushrooms that lined the walls. Wendy would have loved this, Lagatha murmured, the glow reflecting from her hilted blade and Kilvir's armour. Maelstrom kicked a nearby rock into the pit and paused, listening for the moment it struck the bottom, but no noise came. It's deep, very deep, he murmured before looking at the group. Are we heading down? This is the well, Yanir explained, walking to the edge, but flicking her eyes to Lagatha as she did. These vines, the blight climb them when they are formed within the pit. They climb up and visit us while we sleep. Which explains the traps, commented Maelstrom, also stepping towards the hole and looking down. Bryn inspected one of the vines nearest to him, poking its sickly pale flesh with a blade. Strong enough to climb, I say, even for us, he said, nodding to the others. Well then, Lagatha steps forward, motioning to the pit. Shall we? It would be better, I think, with these, said Yanir, unstrapping a large pack from her back and beginning to remove crude climbing gear from it. She handed each party member a pair of climbing gloves fitted with spikes before handing out instruments which she demonstrated fit over their shoes. These were also fitted with spikes crafted from wood and bone. When the party had suited up, Yanir busied herself with hammering the spikes into the ground, to which she attached four ropes before tossing them into the pit. I will go after you. That way I can't cut the rope without killing myself, Lagatha finished, shaking her head as she grabbed a rope and hauled herself over the edge, beginning to lower down. The rest of the party followed suit, beginning to lower themselves down into the pit. They descended until the mushroom glow totally disappeared. Bryn paused, and on uttering a few well-chosen words, conjured four balls of light that erupted from his hands and dropped a few feet beneath them. By Pelor, said Kilvir, looking down and wishing he hadn't. This thing must be about two hundred feet straight down. What does this? He asked the group as they began to rappel further down, pausing to pass large root clumps attached to the pit's walls. They continued to drop down deeper into the well kicking out from the wall and abseiling over the larger roots. Sometimes they needed to stop and use their new climbing equipment to drive the spikes into the roots, pulling themselves over large clumps or either 
slash them out of the way entirely before loosening their grip on the ropes to slide further into the darkness. Lower and lower they went as the light from Bryn's floating orbs cast cruel twisting shadows on the walls. Wendy would not have liked this at all, smirked Lagatha, kicking out from the wall and dropping another few feet. Your friend, too big for this. She's better where she is, grunted Yanir from above her. Watch out, Kilvir shouted, as a crackling sound filled their ears. Bryn's light had revealed they were not alone. The party looked down as the source of the crunching and cracking sounds revealed themselves. Eight creatures were climbing the walls of the well and heading towards them. Blights, shouted Bryn his eyes fixed on the brown, spiked skin of the nearest creature. On instinct, Lagatha grabbed for her blade, but in doing so, loosened her grip on the rope. She began to drop into the darkness. Lagatha! cried Maelstrom, kicking out from the wall and reaching out, but missing her hand as she fell past him. Quick as a flash, Yanir let go of the rope, tumbling after her, grabbing Lagatha's hand as they fell. She thrust one spiked gauntlet into a thick white root, stopping the fall and barking in pain as she took the adventurer's full weight on her free arm. A tree blight leapt across the expanse, grabbed the wall nearest Kilvir, who kicked out, catching the beast on the jaws, hearing wood breaking beneath his boot. Bryn! Fire! Now! he cried, as another jumped after his fallen friend and slashed at Kilvir's rope. Bryn wasted no time, and in using his free hand, summing thick ropes of fire, taking aim, he blasted the three nearest to him, sending them screaming and burning back into the pit. Looking up, he saw the remaining attackers were swarming Kilvir. Kilvir, kick out from the wall, he cried across the well, raising his hand once more. Kilvir, more out of panic than instruction, kicked out from the wall, sending him and four tree beings swinging into the middle of the well, over the abyss. Bryn waited, took aim. As Kilvir's swing reached its arc, Bryn fired his final bolts of fire. Kilvir and the tree beings clinging to his legs began to swing back to the wall. Bryn's bolt hit one nearest to him but the enchanted fire travelled up one tree being to another and another until all three were smothered in fire. Kilvir hit the well's wall with a grunt, looking down to see one spindly wooden hand still holding his boots, its owner and his comrades tumbling down still wreathed in fire. The well became quiet once more, save for the heavy breathing of the party. Is everyone okay? Maelstrom called out. You do, I believe. Omi, Yane growled at Lagatha, as they both grabbed a hold of the rope again, securing themselves. Your boss wants to cut off my friend's head, replied Lagatha. I'd stop counting if I were you. After taking a moment to steady themselves and make sure there were no more tree beings, the crew began to descend further. It wasn't long until the air changed, as Bryn's light met solid ground they noticed the air felt somewhat cleaner than it had done since when they first dived beneath the Earth's surface. Unhooking themselves from the well's walls and stowing the climbing gear in Yanir's pack, the crew began to inspect where they had landed. They walked forward and found rough gravel had been replaced by lush green grass. The whole party exhaled at once as they walked forward into a gigantic chasm, larger than they'd seen before. Weapons ready? Lagatha asked. The rest nodded, drew their swords before proceeding forwards. The grass reached out in all directions like a thick carpet, broken up by large, well-tended beds of earth. Maelstrom approached one of the beds and bent down, inspecting the soil with his hands. Removing one glove, he ran his hand through the dirt. Well-tended, good soil, and these saplings, they're not something I've seen before. He peered closer at one small green root. 
They are growing, he said to the group who surrounded him. So, asked Lagatha, looking around the huge cavern. So, they were not growing before I touched the soil, Maelstrom concluded. Here, see, Kilvir, put your hand here, he said, nodding to the earth at the tiefling's feet. Kilvir stuck his blade in the grass and bent down, placing one hand into the earth and watching, as unbelievably saplings began to sprout from the ground near his hand, inching their way towards his fingers. That's certainly different, commented Lagatha, peering over Kilvir's shoulder, as more and more saplings began to inch their way across the earth towards his hand. This is the dark magic, murmured Yanir from behind them, peering through the gloom, broken only by Bryn's floating orbs of light. We are close. Be ready. A noise from the gloom pulled their attention from the saplings, and they peered into the half-light. Company, cried Lagatha, readying her bow. Bryn moved his hand and summoning more fiery ropes at his hands, causing Maelstrom and Kilvir to make for their weapons. But as Kilvir reached for his blade still stuck in the grass, he let out a howl of pain and collapsed to the ground. They all looked down to see one sapling, once small and green, sticking up through his boot, now covered in red blood. Ah, I thank you came a cruel, low voice from across the chamber, cutting over Kilvir's cries. The party whipped their heads and saw in horror as a horde of blight slowly but silently emerged from the darkness. Leading them was a tall, bearded figure, clad in robes and carrying a large staff. More fertiliser for my new land. Who is the mysterious figure? What are these bloodthirsty plants? And will our party make it out alive? Find out in our next instalment of Campaign Chronicles. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode of Campaign Chronicles, do uh, not only comment upon the show, but send it to friends and family. Let them all get involved with the starter set goodness. As always, you very much have been our listeners. We have been Starter Set. Roll well, and we will most definitely, ladies and gentlemen, see you next week.